up to all our sidekicks and henchmen out there in the geek nation you're listening to the spoiler alert yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, your, I'm your host johnny destructo with me this week is mark underscore l underscore miller alert the spoils also it's my birthday Woo! oh you say it's your birthday na, 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 na. it's not my birthday too na, 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 uh, na, na, na. happy birthday but how old are you I'm in my 40s. In your 40s. <laughs> uh, the the better half or the second half? Or is the uh, second half the better half? Because you're closer to the grave. <laughs> closer to the, close, well, it's closer to the grave either way, I think. True. <laughs> We're all dying right now. Yes, a little this, bit. This podcast is helping. Helping <laughs> yes, us along. It is. Also with us this week is Noel. Yeah. No, I don't have a fun moniker. Just Noel. No, just Noel. Yeah. Cool. It's not even. It's not even like a cool name. It's just. It's one syllable. Noel. Like it's not even nicknameable. But it's not even one syllable. It tries to be Noel. two syllables. That's, it's that's Noel. If it's Noel. 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 Has, has anyone? Can I? Can I give you a nickname? Ooh. Oh shit, no. But, <laughs> but, uh, but go ahead and try. Yeah. What about what about Grassy Noel? Oh, uh, like a Noel? Actually, yeah, that's happened before. Yeah. Oh. Okay. I can't wait to get my married. My marriage annulled. Annulled. What about Noel deGrasse Tyson? Ooh, that's pretty good. Noel deGrasse Tyson? That's pretty good. Yes. I sound like a like a chicken magnet. Oh. Tyson chicken? Oh, magnet. oh, oh. I was like, what? What? Uh, yeah. Uh, so anyway, guys, I'm s- sorry. We should probably get to the show. We're here to talk about <laughs> this week's comic books. But first, we are going to uh, get on to some cors- correspondence. From the web. Pew, pew. And, um, all right, so here's the deal. Two weeks ago <laughs> or so, Christopher St. Saucy Goodnight wrote in, and I read half the email because I got halfway through the email and then said, fuck it. Oh, wait, um, before we keep going with this, I've actually been thinking about this for about three weeks now. Um, speaking of nicknames, where did St. Saucy come from? Oh, I don't know. Hey, uh. I don't, th- I don't think I want to know. Christopher. <laughs> Are the you, name wh- like Saint did, Saucy. Yeah, where did the Saint Saucy come from? I thought They're, I I I thought in in my imaginary world I thought that it was something that you guys coined for him at some point in this no, relationship. No. We did not bestow it upon him. No. Oh, no. So. I'm assuming he's just the patron saint of saucitude. Saucitude. Snark. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe he. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, maybe maybe it's actual sauces. I'll get my mind out of the gutter. <laughs> Maybe he is a connoisseur of multiple types of condiments. He's and just sauces super and into ranches and, and, <laughs> and honey mustards. I try to be. I try to give him the benefit of the doubt, but he did send me a nude selfie. He did. It's, I remember that. <laughs> so, so it's the it's that kind of saucy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Continue. All right, I so I'm gonna finish the email that I forgot to finish last week. Uh, which upon he upon which he had uh, reminded me. Oh, I didn't send an email this week because you didn't finish my old email. It's an interactive show. So Let's here we this. go. 
Sending this again because apparently JD forgot this email. I will never not send an email, JD, angry face. Loved Action 1001 and Bone Parish, which I bought because I told the artist I would after saying on Twitter I wished it was anywhere but Boom Studios, and he called me out on it. I like... I liked Doomsday Clock, but it's taking so long to come out, it makes my head hurt with the continuity of when did this all happen? Edit, I typed this way before you guys got to the book during your discussion, and I totally agree with everything you are saying. Shadow Pact was Detective Chimp, Blue Devil, Nightmaster, Nightshade, Enchantress, and Black Alice, and I think Ragman. Yes. yes, Ragman. You can't forget Ragman. While the Day of Vengeance mini that came first was really good, Shadow Pact was lacking. Hopefully, this book doesn't go down that path. And by this book, he means Justice League Dark, I believe. Yes. I checked out Bone Parish because I promised the... Oh, what the fuck? I just, we just read this. Boy, am I glad I did. Loved the art and that variant cover, and I thought the story was interesting. It's a bit like Bendis's MGH plot from a lot of his Marvel books, but who cares? Bun is kind of. It's a also game. a bit like a book that uh, a guy named M. L. Miller wrote. Oh, called. Well, I was I was gonna. Oh, go ahead. Grave Trancers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I was I was gonna ungeek it. It's mutant growth hormone. Yeah, you got MJ. Yes. Mutant growth yeah, hormone it was a drug that took place in the Marvel universe that people could take that would give them superpowers for, for like a little a bit of yeah, yeah for this, a little bit of time. Or... <laughs> he continues. Bun is kind of the James Patterson of comic books. He has a new series starting every month, it seems. Fortunately, this one is said to be 12 issues and done. So that's good news for my pocketbook. Can't wait to hear what you cover next week. Leviathan, hopefully. Chris St. Saucy, good night. I have a question for Chris. I, I In previous episodes, I, I had also heard his uh, um, Correspondence. Love, love for uh, variant covers. And I was wondering, is it? Is it, <laughs> is it, no, this I, this is a genuine question because I also I don't suffer from variants, but I will, you know, I'll I'll I like the the odd uh, coolness factor or or the, you know which one is my favorite. Does he just always go after variants, Chris? Do you just always go after the variant because it is a variant, or are you ever selective and like you know what this one may be one in a hundred, but. I don't like it as much as the other one, mm. and and walk off. Is it is it the uh, is it the hunt, or is it a favorite thing? Is it the completest, or is it just like your preference? Like that one's cool, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sub question: Does your shop charge extra for the mm. variants, and do you pay those extra costs? I wonder. Like, does cost a factor? Yeah, uh, but eight, eight variants is a bit much. There's got to be a reason why you're going to go that far. Yeah. Oh, and... we got one from Michael Del Sol, which includes uh, his. He attached, you know, you can send an attachment in an email. He attached a little bit of sass to this one. Middle finger. Uh-oh. It says, you haven't read my previous emails, so I'm guessing you won't read this one on the air either. Which is fine, dot, dot. Sass. But please read Batman Kings of Fear and review it on both <laughs> shows, preferably with Randy too, if possible. I mean, just, wow. Justice League Jones. Wait, the wow is in like I loved it, or the wow I is in like don't know. Are they are they a part of the book team? No, Justice, Justice League, League Jones. Jones no, no. Um, Justice League Jones really likes Justice League. He does, and he doesn't. He didn't like us for a while because we didn't like Justice League. Back, you know, it was the New Fifty Two Justice League, which oh, was, was pretty terrible. It was awful. The yeah. Jim Lee Justice League. Yeah. 
So, oh, here we go. Here's one of the emails that he, he he's right I didn't read. Um, <laughs> here we go. So, oh, wait. Oh, hold on, guys. Have you guys read Saga number 54? I've, I'm on issue six of Saga. <laughs> <laughs> You're almost there. Close. Good. So, Close. This, this is going to spoil Saga number 54. It's going to be a name of a character. I don't even fucking know who they are. And by the time I get around to issue 50, you'll forget. I'll forget who they are. It's or not care. Uh, so, so, Lying you, Sloth. So, it says, <laughs> it says guys. First off, I want to say thank you again for your podcast and getting me back into comics years ago. Your podcast, along with Gutter Talk, is the only comic podcast I continuously have been able to listen to. I'm not quite sure why. You guys are a bunch of assholes. (laughs) But whatever. I enjoy it even though I don't always agree with you. For example, I love the Snyderverse of movies. Release the Snyder Cut. And hashtag, Ooh. and Tom King's Batman has been pretty shitty for his entire run. Eat a wiener. Good ideas, but poorly executed by someone who thinks he's being more profound than he is. And if I have to read one more round of bat slash cat back slash cat slash bat, I'm going to go nuts. Though I don't pay for that when I borrow it digitally from my friend who downloads it completely legally, he tells me. Side note. I went to Comic-Con for the first time this year for the sole purpose of meeting Mark underscore L underscore Ah! Miller, but he didn't go this time. Mm -mm. Jerk. But I got to see a couple of panels with Tom King, and he was pretty damn awesome. So I'll read, and even by myself, some of his work, but not his Batman. Ugh. And then we talked about the saga portion of the email, but... I don't know. I feel like maybe that is a huge spoiler alert for people who aren't caught up on Saga. Like, huge, huge spoiler. So uh, I edited that out. Um, basically, none of us knew what had happened, and so it spoiled it for us as well. So, fun. But uh, that's our fault for not keeping up with Saga. Anyway, here's the rest of the email. Anyway, keep up the quote-unquote good podcasting and entertaining me on my drives to work. I don't expect to hear this read on the podcast for a while because I don't think you have been reading Saga and you tend to put off emails for a long period of time now, though I'm not sure why since it seems only a few people actually email you. (laughs) Not incorrect. Mainly, I just wanted to let you know there are still a couple of people that listen and enjoy. Oh, and you should read Tomasi's run on Superman. Truly excellent stuff. Bendis will be good, but I'm worried about what he's doing with John and Lois. Although he won't completely get rid of them, he is screwing with the good work Tomasi put together and never got to finish. Justice League Jones. Man, that's a whole lot of backsided... Was it backs... What's uh, it called? um, Backhanded backhanded compliments? There's a couple things that I would love to... Oh, it's here. I have have an opinion. Yeah? Uh, I have a couple of opinions. Uh, One about the Snyder Cut. I say do it. Uh, I don't like those movies very much. Um, but I would watch a Snyder I, I would watch the shit out of it if anything just for like seeing the process and letting everyone shut up mm-hmm. um, yeah just do it just get it over with at this point because no. so many YouTube channels will just die down yeah well that's true <laughs> they'll just I go mean, away because they have nothing they else to bitch about I think it's going to be good after fucking the first two pieces of shit by Snyder oh, I no. mean it's no. oh yeah let's give him a third chance well no. it's, it's already done just do it who I cares know. Um, Tom King's Batman. Now, I don't disagree. The beginning of it was a little uh, off, um, but he hit a stride, and it's fantastic now. So uh, uh, I'm okay he, with it. He hit a stride, and then a wall at uh, <laughs> issue 50 with yeah. the wedding. Yeah, I was I'm totally having, okay with that. I don't know. I'm having a little trouble getting back into it after that. 
I, I you didn't like um the uh the quick three issue arc about uh Mr. Freeze, Doctor Freeze. Uh, I haven't finished Professor Froze, Professor Cold. I haven't finished it yet, but. Uh, and I, I don't say I hate it, but uh, I, I like the idea of it, mm-hmm. but it still has the stank of issue 50 on it. <laughs> no, I, I, I am not a hard, fast Batman reader. I love it a lot, but it, it I never get to stick with it yeah. just because it's, it's kind of the same story over and over again. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It just it, it was interesting enough. You know, See, yeah, I, it I mean, it's, it's 12 Angry Men, basically. Oh, that, uh, I'm, not, I'm talking about in, in totality. I don't mean. Oh, okay. I, that those three issues were fan, are are great. Just and finished drawn by three. Lee Weeks. Yeah, they're great. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it it does have the stink of you know the wedding, but because yeah. he's angry now. Well, that was really only in the first issue. The rest of it is much much more subtle. Oh, okay. Um, although, although it does get um, mentioned in. Uh, fucking masters of fear or whatever the fuck it was called does it oh that he's just angrier now yeah. i don't know that's yeah, like that's a line that was dropped to... in nothing else about that issue actually feels like it happens in any like current Continuity. universe yeah um my take on that is uh, i did not like the wedding mm-hmm. issue and i'm glad that that part is over because now i'm back to in- enjoying the batman series again uh, I didn't like the wedding issue, but the last like little beat, the the coda at the end, mm-hmm. where this is a large elaborate pot, that's just that's like classic comics. That yeah. that kind of hooked me in. The fact that like Flashpoint, uh, Thomas Wayne is back there. What the hell? Yeah, weird. And evil skeets and evil skeets. It just it it's enough to keep me hooked. And apparently he's got like a hundred and three issue story he's telling. So yeah. this is halfway through. I'm cool. Everything else he does is fantastic. Mr. Mr. Miracle is amazing. Yeah, Mr. Miracle is good. And the, the yes, vision. yeah, the vision is amazing. Yeah. Um, even um, God, what is it? Sheriff of Babylon. Sheriff. Yeah, there you go. Uh, all right. Thank you so much for writing us uh, and all of your quote unquote compliments, Justice League <laughs> Jones. Um, let's talk about comic books. Action Comics number one thousand and one by Brian Michael Bendis and Patrick Gleason. I am still one hundo percent enjoying uh brian michael bendis's superman uh i know we were all a little dubious at first we weren't sure and i have been really digging it mm. i like this david mack cover oh yeah the variant the the so, painted version mm-hmm. i would see if i saw that on that thing i would buy that one instead of the main cover that oh, they I, have i really like the gleason one too though There's, it's um classic yeah it's almost um reminds me of the uh spirit Mm-hmm. Like a classic spirit cover, and this whole this whole first arc has had um, Mac variants. I think I have one or yeah. two of them. Yeah. When is this third cover? Oh, is this Francis Manipal? Yeah. Oh. What's the third cover? Look at look at Superman's face. Uh, we don't have a copy of it. Uh, hold on. Oh. Uh, but go ahead. So, what did you think of uh, the story, though, fellows? I liked it. I think that. Um, I, I like this uh, underground sort of thing. I like the the, the links that they go to um, get to uh, avoid Superman uh, is is extremely smart. Um, it's a lot of fun. Um, I I like it that like that what usually would happen doesn't like um, uh, what's her name? I forget her name. Lois Lane. No, uh, no, uh, good. The, the, 
the lady, the black lady that, good. that is like her, after, her last name is oh, yeah, good, but I don't Robin remember. Good. There you Robin go. Robin Good, yeah. Robin Good, uh, I like it that, that, I mean, the typical comic book story would be that Robin Good has Perry White's ear and that Perry White publishes this story. But I like it that mm-hmm. Perry White is actually given some. He's not he's not J. Jonah Jameson. He has faith in Superman. He knows he's he's published way too seen way too many Superman adventures to uh have like well, not uh, only that, he's an actual he's an actual editor. You know, yeah. like prove it. Prove yeah, it. Prove exactly. it. Prove Which, it. Yeah. More more comics need a Perry White. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I, I think I had read in an early interview of how he you know, taking on both books and one was going to be more like cosmic superman and the other one was going to be um more reporter clark kent yeah Yeah. and if that's what action is it's so fucking good like the watching clark be a reporter was just Mm -hmm. something i don't remember seeing recently Mm -hmm. if ever you know him, him just the the scene where perry actually gives him the assignment like isn't that mrs goods he's like uh, I need a second look, and having him go to the bar and <laughs> have them drunkenly kind of ingratiate themselves. I on love that bit. scene. It's so fantastic. When when the big biker is like poking him in the chest, and he's like, "I've lost someone too," and it's like, "Oh yeah, really?" And then he just gives him gives him a big old bear hug. But but but, but what really sells it though is like the the next scene is um, Clark retelling it to Perry, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just a, like the the drunken recapping of this guy. Mm-hmm spilling his guts to, yeah. to him but yeah. easily um kind of undercut by the fact that clark is learning about the duality of his you know his own choices and then having to go take his frustration out on an asteroid belt because mm-hmm. people and homes are being destroyed since we're looking at it real quick all they want to do is get rid of them for a second this you know? this asteroid scene is gorgeous there's a That's panel really there's a panel one two three the middle panel on the left page of this where he's just using his finger to hold uh, the asteroids apart from each other while he sits mm-hmm. is gorgeous. And then the last panel of that um, page on the on the right side, where you can see the sun glinting behind him. Holy yeah. fuck! This yeah. after effect of the halo, gorgeous. Yeah. That's like That's some really of the good. most some of the nicest uh, Gleason art I've seen. I've, I was gonna say I've always loved I've always really liked Patrick Gleason. He is just exponentially upped his game in this book well yeah. yeah he stopped so when he when i first started noticing him i was like oh he's doing a doug monkey thing well, yeah like the, the early green lantern stuff was very like uh thin lines and kind of doug monkey ish yeah well that yeah when it was it was doug monkey and jeff johns and patrick gleason and uh and peter tomasi oh no it was dave gibbons and then it was peter tomasi yeah yeah, yeah. but but i mean do you know what i mean it's it's like those guys Monkey and Johns were like the the on the one Green Lantern book, and then P- Tomasi and Gleason were on the Green Lantern core. So, do you think there was like a yeah they probably wanted like a, a group think of like the style of, kind well, of well, just a little bit of a cohesion of style, I think maybe. I, and I could see, I could see totally see. Uh, you know, if I would actually have trouble these days looking at this book and not thinking that it's Doug Monkey a little bit. Um, Although oh, the Doug faces Monkey's are very made adjustments too, yeah, he looks a yeah, little bit more the, like Gleason now. The faces are very Patrick Gleasony a yeah. little bit, but I yeah, think they're, they're, they're the, rounder. Yeah. The coloring and the shading um, is much more sophisticated here. Than, oh, the coloring is gorgeous. The yeah. the scene where um, it's the Guardian, and then all of a sudden the red cloud shows up. 
Yeah. So this is a Bendisism hmm. that frustrates me because you can find it in every Bendis book. He finds a little like side character. He didn't you kill him. him. You either kill him. He didn't or beat kill him. him into beat him into submission. And just to show how powerful the other guy is. I don't that's think not that's Bendis. Bendis. That's every writer. That's that's uh, a trope. That's just showing. It's that a, all it it's is a is trope, showing but it that... happens more. It happens more. That we've we've reviewed two Bendis books in two weeks, and he's done it twice. What was the other one? N- Nuclear Man. Oh, he's so mad about face. Nuclear Man. <laughs> all it is is all it is is it's a, it's a it's actually it's a dirty trick of just establishing stakes. Yeah. It is you, a dirty you, trick. It's, it's an easy trick, though, and I think that it just shows that oh, Bendis doesn't like this Guardian guy. Oh, he's just lame. He's just wears a blue shield, even though even though actually Gleason makes him look pretty badass. And, I don't think Bendis uh, doesn't like Guardian. I didn't get that at all. If anything, he, he was just like, I'm going to show you how strong this person is. I'm not going to kill him, or, or if anything, it inherently understands the strength of the character by taking him off the board as quickly as he does. I'm, you know, that sort of thing never really bothers me. Um, when they have to get rid of a lower character, and by get rid of, I mean just like fucking hospitalize them, to let you know how strong a villain is, I, or kill I, them. Yeah. I like that. I like that because it does show me that yeah. they they have an ability. <laughs> Otherwise, why would I care about Red Cloud? Well, yeah, I understand that, but actually show that, like, you know, show this other guy. It would be kind of cool that Clark is on this thing doing this investigation, and we get a fight scene with between Guardian and Red Cloud intercut between that maybe i don't understand what's the difference between all you've done is edited it so that it's in different format like well there's a, not really a lot of action in this book other than the asteroid thing which is action action definitely mm-hmm. and it's emotionally hefty action but um this is a very action light book i'm not saying it's a bad book which but is it's, ironic. it is what yeah in action comics yeah mm-hmm. uh, i mean it's more intriguing like uh like uh, when she goes and, and robin good wants uh, a piece of kryptonite that's pretty awesome like the way she does it she writes it on a piece of paper so it doesn't get heard um i really don't like this this girl but now i really feel that um red cloud is yeah. uh is the the what's her what's her name robin good um, no it's uh it's the the fire fire lady Hmm. Oh, I didn't even think that. Um, I do like that she was so it, this Robin Good character. I feel like it's just another contingency plan put in place by the mobs to besmirch the name of Superman. It's I feel like Robin Good. Thing. I feel like Robin Good is a character that's like a favorite of Bendis, and I feel like she's going to have a redemption arc. She'll, hmm. you know, she starts out on the wrong side, but she's going to come around and and. Um, do you guys want to talk about the controversy of this issue? Oh, yeah. So we got Moxie. What's his name? Boss Moxie Boss here Moxie. in the limo. And yeah. he's talking to the guy who's basically the... Um, the tech guy. The tech guy. The... the what was her name? Uh, Oracle. Basically mm-hmm. the Oracle for the Whisper. bad guys. Whisper. Whisper. And uh, he says, uh, is Superman in Metropolis or not, you autistic fuck? So... Because the kid is stuttering. I think he's, like, not getting the information fast enough to him. And he, well, maybe he's just literally autistic. Um, yeah. Too. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, so people were taking umbrage with the fact that he is um, not perpetuating, but just, like, putting a spotlight on ableism, hmm. uh, making fun uh, of him because he's autistic. However, okay, so here's the Umbrages two... make me yawn. This is here's, – <laughs> here's the two sides of it that I, I do find interesting. One – True. It, in an odd way, does normalize uh, calling someone derogatorily autistic. 
but the character is a deplorable character. So yeah, cool. Yeah. However, the other side of that coin is that this is technically an all ages. You know, how many things did we used to say that were just fucking horrible when yeah. we were 12 because it was normalized for us and we didn't understand that, like, you know, using the F word or calling each other gay mm-hmm. was actually shitty. You know, if, if you're going to go that route, um, this he, Clark should not have gone into a bar. He should have gone into a playground and just sat next to, a, you know, a happy person who was crying and feeding pigeons. And then he could have undercoverly got that because there should be no alcohol in an all ages comic. So that doesn't make sense. And then that's not why a one, doesn't that make sense? That's not a one for one at all of what I just said. No, I'm just saying that that it's like we cannot sanitize it so much. That, like, but it's not sanitizing not be... it so much. It's a word, and it, honestly, he could have just said stuttering or you stupid fuck or something like that. If, it, if it literally, you said it was stuttering. If if you said stuttering, stutterers would have been offended. I mean, it's like like you said, I, it's a it, it's not like Superman said that. It's it's this. Yes, but it's the boss. There are kids reading it, and it's there's there's subtle differences between how it's used and when it's used. And in context, in context, see, the thing is, like, no one, no one online was blaming Bendis at all. Mm -hmm. It was just like a, you know, shitty move. Like, that's not necessarily the way that you should do that because kids are reading this. And he completely agreed. So the one, the one to one that you were saying, um, and honestly, I don't know how I feel about this. Um, I just get both. Yeah, I think that's where I I tend to fall is like I understand both sides of the story. But uh, the one to one, I think, would be that characters shouldn't be smoking in comic books, which they've actually cut out. He's smoking a cigar. Oh, he is. I'm thinking about Wolverine, Mm. Marvel. Mm -hmm. No, you're right. He is smoking a cigar. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. Fuck me. Take that out of there, too. Mm-hmm. Actually, and, also uh, all this violence. <laughs> also all the violence. Also, um, I am offended because I love pickles, and um, Lois doesn't want pickles on her burger, and Changing, I'm offended at that too. In this context, because it's it's all about gray areas. Changing the the word in this context doesn't change the scene or the story. Changing where someone goes and the, what the people are doing around it does potentially change the point of the story. I'm just all the, so like taking the thing. him, I'm, taking I'm him coming into from a, a, I'm, I'm coming from a writer from a writer standpoint. Just I mean, yeah. I understand from a standpoint of just saying, OK, you don't want to offend anybody, especially in an all ages comic. It's supposed to be for everybody. I understand that there are people that are sensitive to that. First off, if you're autistic as a kid, you probably have heard some worse things than that on the playground. And, that's, and with, with, that's not an excuse, but I'm saying that's the way we grew up. Yeah, and we're we're fundamentally flawed. Yeah, everyone's fundamentally flawed. I know, but that's again, that's not an excuse. It's be better, right? Or be it's... best. <laughs> Hashtag be I best. I, I, I think know. I have I have more interest in the take out the autistic, but the next word is like it's... is a, a what is that called? Does anyone know what this is called? It's uh, like the windig way to. Where where you're trying to say the word fuck, but instead you put a hashtag, an exclamation point, an at sign, a, you know what I mean, a money sign, yeah. whatever that's called. This sort of it's um, a fake swear. Fake I don't swear, know what you but call it's like, it. I, I've always kind of wondered that myself uh, about that. Is like, well, that's just meaning take any bad word in your head that you know and just substitute it. Yeah. Well, that's kind of like uh, what was that cartoon where he would swear, but it would be oh, it, oh, it was a uh, fucking. Uh, Fucking Woodstock would be like, rah, 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 rah. you know, you know, Woodstock was swearing. It was scribbles. It was just all nasty yeah. scribbles. Yeah. 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 
You know, what, um, you know what I think. You know what it just hit me that I think what makes this instance of it a little more on the nose is instead of it being slow, stuttering, idiotic, he it specifically says autistic, yeah. and not everyone knows what that means at whatever age. So here they are looking it up, or at least their first instance of it, or early instance of it is derogatorily. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's I, a simple I, change. It doesn't. On the other anything. hand, he might have been autistic. On the, and on top of that. A lot of people who have autism um, go into the computer uh, and IT business because of their attention to detail and um, their uh, more uh, connection with uh, like a computer screen sort of world. I'm not inherently disagreeing. It's just I get it. And I also get that it's a slippery slope. But in this instance, I don't think it's a big deal. Yeah. I don't think it's a big deal. Removing it isn't a big deal. I don't think it's a well, uh, removing it. I don't think it's a big deal of saying it or removing it. I don't think that once it's published, it's not like. I I think uh, Gail Simone did a Plastic Man a couple weeks ago that I read, and then I read online that she was like saying that she's going to take it out because she had Plastic Man turn into uh, Harley Quinn, I think, and. And they gave her. They they made it look like Plastic Man had like a bulge in his pants uh-huh. as Harley Quinn. So sort of anti-trans. And sort of anti-trans. Yeah. And so she immediately said mm-hmm. she's going to walk it back and take it out of there. But I mean, that's uh, the slippery slope. Is that it, are we going to do that with anything published from like say? Say something that Jack Kirby did 50 years ago that might have not have been might be against some of the 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 more uh, politically correct culture that we live in right now. So does that do we do we edit that or do we just publish it as is and say it's something of a different time? Well, the answer to that is I think they were just um, they they answered your question a couple of weeks ago with the Shazam um, book that they were going to publish a big, nice hardcover of the original Shazam, Shazam stories. And there was a lot of like really stereotypical and racist depictions of Asian people, um, yeah. and black people. So they said, yeah. you know what, we're not going to reprint this. Yeah. I, I mean, I get that, but I think that this is, I mean, this goes into a deeper issue, but I do think that it, those are time capsules of the eras that, mm-hmm. that, that was going on. It's not emulating it. It's showing us what it was like at the, at the era. And so I maybe... think that I would rather have like, uh, the, like someone now write about it and talk about it and put that in with it. Um, say how, like talk about how it, it is a, a part of that time. And that instead of acting it, like burying it, Right. Actually, so, like it didn't exist. I don't. Th- um, the but, existence of this conversation is means that that's never going to happen. As in the the burying of it, it's never going to be buried. But I do I do think that there's a level of maturity that it's re- level of maturity that's required to absorb it that way. If it's just presented as is, as it was back then, without any kind of discussion or understanding, then it is harmful. No, I agree. That's why yeah. I said like like some type of forward that says, "Hey, this is this was published in a different era. This was a little bit less sensitive times that we are in now. This is a little bit more of a I mean, it's it it was a very much more white centric uh mm-hmm. time that they these were going out like when broad generalizations about Asians or African Americans or Jewish people or whatever, that's what was going on. And I think that that's 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 what they've done with I think some of the um I, I there have been like essays and essays been written about like mm-hmm. Tolkien and 
Poe and Lovecraft and, and those guys and saying that, yes, that there are aspects of some of these these stories that are are like, you know, that are going to be that might be seen as offensive through today's lens. But we have to see it through. This is the story through the eyes of the author. And we wanted to cherish the authenticity of that. So take with it what you will. Again, you know but what I mean, I, I I completely understand what you're saying, but again, I I go back to that requires a level of maturity of the reader. That if it was presented in a one for one, it's for children, it's for all ages. Yeah. So yeah. them choosing to reprint it as it was is technically more harmful than good. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. So like, I, I again, we're just doing context. So like, it, I yeah. didn't I didn't read Plastic Man, but in that instance when he turned into um harley quinn with a bulge did he say look i'm trans or was it just no. an in, in, you know an interpretation i think it was an interpretation Whereas i think it was just it was it was plastic man motherfucker. it was it was plastic man as plastic man basically turning into another form just the top like he does but harley the fact quinn. that but the fact that he made gave it a little bulge and i think that i mean i don't even know if that was like something that I mean, I doubt that Gail Simone would have written that, but maybe the artist said, hey, this is a guy playing a woman, so we'll do it that way. I don't know. It's like, uh, you know, like, but I'm not saying that's either good or bad, mm -hmm. but I'm saying that, that immediately going back and then just kind of like editing it out, yeah. I, I just, I'm not a big fan of Rubs you the that. wrong way, yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. Um, the thing I find interesting about it is it's not like Plastic Man, when he becomes a microwave, still has a dick. I know that. No, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, it's well, like you, every form he takes is just always dick. <laughs> it could be inside. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It could be. But, yeah, it yeah. could be baking a bunch of dicks mm -hmm. inside the microwave. So um, Lois did... is back in town. Yeah, how about that how. ending? She doesn't like pickles. We weren't sure about <laughs> we weren't sure about Lois at the end of the last one because we saw her writing her book, and uh, She's now hiding from him. We weren't sure if that was actually our Lois or whatever, but this is a Lois who clearly knows that Superman is her husband, Clark Kent. And also, now that everyone within a five-foot radius uh, heard her say <laughs> Lois, heard him say Lois, and then heard her say, hi, honey, means that those people now know that uh, she's romantically involved with Superman. Instead um, of Clark Kent. Yeah. Also, Maybe yeah. she whispered it. <laughs> but, um, and, I mean, isn't it obvious? Uh, like, it seems like fuck nuts that isn't Mr. Oz, Mr. Oz, um, uh, took Clark or took, uh, Jonathan and left her behind, I guess. And you, she's does, she doesn't want to be back in town and make Clark realize she's a shitty mom. Oh, you don't think that she would like immediately go and tell Clark like, Hey, we were double crossed by your stupid father. Yeah. That's my point. I, think, I, don't, I don't know. I think it's something case. more. Lois is just let her son be like, yeah, she's, Lois, she's, she's hard-headed though. She's is a badass. She's hard-headed, and she might not really want to want to admit that uh, she lost no. the son, lost no. their son. No, it's the safety of her son. I disagree. I, I, the only reason why I disagree is because I think, if anything, maybe Lois would put up a fight and go get him herself or something but it, exactly she yeah. would not keep it from him unless no. it was a different story she was no. like but first i had to publish this book we yeah. will we will see who is correct in the in the upcoming issues but this yeah. is a great read i love this book yeah there's a bucket of fun can we look just for a second this computer screen and like all these little hints that he's dropping around the well, side the one i the one i took a picture oh, i didn't of read any of that and <laughs> sent to you guys was uh reminder return bruce's wedding gift boo god <laughs> 
That's horrible. Is, is KG Beast tied to election hacking? That's funny. <laughs> oh my god, um, nice. Yeah, no, Remind there's a couple of them though. There are a couple of them though, like uh, uh, New Queen of the Sea, Mira Queen of Atlantis. Jim Lee what Cole. is this? Jen, Jen Chen? Jess Chen? I don't know who that is. Which side of the screen is it on? Uh, on the top top uh like right corner sort of like thing investigate just Jess Jess chen. chen yeah and then there's like red tornado year one huh what's the future of checkmate all these like little oh, things man. that <laughs> there's a it's a but it's it's black label pitch red tornado year one it's oh kind of nice <laughs> that's cute uh reminder bendis eye appointment called yeah he that's just pretty had funny the staph infection and lost oh, his vision for a while cute Call Burn. What does he know? LexCorp domain number. Yeah, call Burn. What does what? he know? That's pretty. Uh, that, I like that one too. What is the Superman theory? Hal Jordan yeah. called again. Says he'll be in, out of town a while. That night conspiracy follow up. <laughs> uh, this is this might be my new favorite part of the book. Thank you for yeah. pointing this out. Please Miller do and, this every issue. Yeah, Miller and Ramita. <laughs> question mark. Question mark. Question mark. Uh, stuff like that. It's. I mean, it's cool. I just don't know if this is like, are these little hints at maybe some things that might happen in the future, or if this is like just more of a, I think it's just a mix him of being both. cute, him being cutesy. I know? think it's mostly cutesy. Yeah. Story idea. There might what's be a couple. Of checkmate. Yeah, underfunded, underused. What's the future of checkmate? That sounds like something you would follow up on. Things like that. Um, but anyway, I, it's uh, your cousin called said that she and the dog are fine. <laughs> This is funny. great. Uh, yeah, we we just spent the forty five minutes on this. I apologize. <laughs> that's okay. I mean, it's a it's a that's the thing. He is one of the things that I really have to commend Michael, Michael Brian Michael Bendis on this is that he seems to be writing a lot of stuff for these issues. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you can tell he's loving it. Yeah, yeah, which is yeah. it's palpable. It's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, Teen Titans number twenty one, written by Adam Glass with art Bernard by Bernard Chang. I like the Teen Titans again. This is great. I love this. Um, okay, so let's take Jeff John's original one, let run, you know, like the one with Blue Devil. Let's yeah. let's take um, some early Suicide Squad uh-huh. and a pinch of Damien and uh-huh. throw it in a blender, and yeah. this is what you get. Yep. And also, and also gold balls from X-Men <laughs> for yeah, well, some reason. Well, the, the, what I thought was so cool about this lineup, because uh, we, in preparation, read the 20 and 21 like this new direction yeah. for the the group mm-hmm. um i don't know anything about wallace uh kid flash wally west um but he's a bit of a dick was he always a dick is he always yeah, like that he, his yeah. his job in over in flash is to get angry and run away <laughs> he nice. does that all right so he's perfect here every he's issue. actually kind of more interesting here than he is yeah. in flash is books yeah. if i may yeah well yeah definitely um well one of the things with this is the issue before this had um Red Arrow and Robin kind of going around and, and oh it was Red Arrow, Robin and Kid Flash all going around and talking about their their disenchantment with their mm-hmm. um their what what do you call this? Well with their mentors. With their mentors, yes. Yeah. And how um Cheshire and and I guess no not Cheshire. Shadow is Red Arrow's mother. Shadow. Uh, oh yeah, 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 from Green and Arrow. So yeah, and so Shadow kills someone right in front of, um, right in front of Red Arrow after she's paralyzed her. Um, Damien's mom, uh, Talia Al Ghul, does the same thing, and um, 
Wally is Wallace is extremely pissed off at his uh, um, what do you call it at, at his mentors right now just for I don't know because Speed Force because yeah. <laughs> you know Speed Forces yes, um, yes. I, yeah, this but, is such a wild book like these characters that I don't know immediately they're expendable they so kind of are. yeah is like is yeah is roundhouse gonna be the thunderbird of this group you know like right. uh who like like in the original x-men or not or the what do you mean second car- incarnation of x-men how they when, when i met roundhouse i went oh i can't wait for this kid to die yeah. <laughs> and they did not disappoint me well yeah. if no no dead, i liked I him know. in this issue better than the first issue though well he was so. the narrator of this one too which is a a bold move and also makes me think like oh yeah maybe he uh maybe he really is dead because that's that's like a uh, an old Whedon trope, right? You yeah. you you spend one episode redeeming this character or yeah. giving them true happiness, yeah. and then just murdering yeah, them. You're dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I well, one of the things that I really liked about this was that it it I think it really in a sophisticated way highlighted um, the is it highlighted or high lit? Highlighted. Highlighted. I think it's okay. highlighted. And highlighted. highlighted. Highlighted the uh, the differences between these kind of young. It's it's the brashness of youth mm-hmm. and the kind of like you know let's hold back a minute and think about things and then we'll act that um, of the Justice League a I, little yeah. bit. Yeah, and, and to 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 piggyback on that, I actually fully hope that it continues to fuck them. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's I what makes this fun. Their, yeah, I want them to learn their lesson, and I want them to grow. And also, I would love to see them go into contact, into some conflict between. Even though it's a, it's a, that's another trope of them to go against their mentors. I still think it would be fun to see this group against. The oh, Justice. I'm always into Teen Titans versus Justice League. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. always something I want to see, no yeah. doubt. So, uh, catch me up here, fellas. Who is this Red Arrow? This, this is the, the daughter of Shadow and Ollie Queen. Who the fuck is Shadow? Shadow is, uh, it, it's like Ollie's. She is another archer. She's an assassin. She's basically the Electra of of uh, I, I was, Green Arrow. Okay. I was gonna say that she's like she's like Batman is to Talia. Yeah. Oh, okay. Ollie is to yeah. Shadow. She was in the TV series for the first season. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, she keeps coming back though. Also, doesn't she come back as like a ghost or something? It's hard to keep track of five yeah. seasons of that show and then flashbacks for. Four of them. Yeah, I, yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah. I also like that they literally have a gin on the team. Yeah. yeah, it's like I don't know, I don't know why she's a fucking twelve-year-old girl, but um, there's a scene I forget which issue it was, but she's oh, it must have been the first one uh, with Butt Brother Blood because she is facing away from him and then just turns her head all the way around. Yeah, that's <laughs> creepy to face him. Well, I think what she is is a is a modern version of Johnny Thunder. Like oh, okay. she's she's the Thunderbolt that which yeah. Thunderbolt was a gin too, and uh, I, I I really doubt Robin is going to give up that ring. <laughs> well, that was another <laughs> really interesting bit. So uh, oh, I to, love that part. To of let the listeners movie. know, so Jin is this twelve-year-old girl who's like thousands of years old. She's literally a genie, a genie. Yeah. and um, she had been freed. Some genies have been um, locked up in bottles, as we know. And then I guess other ones have been locked up inside of a ring. And she's been locked up inside of this ring. She gets out uh, and she's, you know, I'm never going to be anyone's slave ever again. But in order to uh, accomplish what they need to in this issue. Yeah, there are some magics that she can't do on her own and needs to be commanded to do so. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So um, she gives Damien 
the ring. Yeah, of all the most unscrupulous people. little murderer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the guy who Although, literally took uh, his fingers and put it inside someone's brain to murder them. If you remember, Red that. Arrow is not much better. Then that's why I like those two leading this whole group yeah. because, like, Red Arrow is is just as badass as as uh, Damian. I love that they both probably think they're the leaders of the team. Mm-hmm. Too, yeah, yeah. perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is so much fun. It is I'm super fun, so but it does to be back. It does remind. Teams. It does. It does like totally remind me of, um, Jeff Johns really early yeah. Teen Titans mm-hmm. run. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's got that and, like, and also Joss Whedon, like you guys mentioned. It, it has that kind of fun, fun interplay of words, fun interplay of characters. Um, but it's also it, you, a little brutal. Yeah, yeah. it's a I it's mean, a good example of like there's no bad characters. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's and that's what I was that was my point from last week's and this week's uh, Bendis Bendis criticism. But these uh, (laughs) I mean, Gizmo, like I think Bendis would have killed Gizmo. They would have thrown him into space. Which one's Gizmo? Gizmo's the kid, the the, the, the bad guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like that would have said, all right, screw it. Just throw this guy in space. But what was that um, guy's name? Gizmo. No, no, no. It's like his real name. Uh, Mike Micron Ogenius. <laughs> yeah, that really, it, that's not his name. It's his birth name. Yeah, check it. From the Our Ogenius next targets side? this guy named Gizmo, aka Micron Ogenius. Is it O with an apostrophe? Yeah. Oh, so he's, oh, so he's Irish. Yeah. Ogenius. Ogenius. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's Micron Ogenius. Dublin Ogeniuses. Oh, yes, yes. Um, so I have, I do have something that it's so stupid. Um, but I, I can't help it. So in issue twenty. We see that they are hanging out in Mercy Hall in Brooklyn, New York. That's their um, Lair. HQ. And they're hanging out. And they're playing video games and hanging out together. And uh, what's her name? Red Arrow is wearing her mask. Uh, not Gold Balls. What the fuck's his name? Roundhouse. Roundhouse. Roundhouse is wearing his entire armor. And then <laughs> Kid Flash is wearing his entire suit underneath a sweatshirt while playing video games and eating chips. Well, hey. Is the mask on? The mask that's, is on! I think that's all... I mean, that's all saying that they haven't revealed themselves to each other yet. Okay. Or have they? Maybe. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I don't know their but, relationships enough to know whether or not they've revealed their secret identity. Well, well, I think they, they revealed in last issue that um, Roundhouse is an addition by Kid Flash. And that story hasn't been told yet, so that's why yeah. I'm thinking Roundhouse is not going to die. Yeah. I also... That's, that's a weird one. So Robin goes to Kid Flash... Hey, I need you on the team. I need Speedster. And he goes, okay, but only if I can bring this guy who I saw on YouTube. What? Yeah. There's yeah. got to be more to that. What are Roundhouse's powers? Like, I have no idea what a he really does. A human cannonball is what it says. <laughs> he turns into a little ball and just kind of – he's like Cannonball, except he's got to be – he reminds me of Bouncing Boy. Remember the old yes. uh, Legion, oh, Legion of Superheroes? Yeah. Bouncing Boy? Uh, he reminds me of that – combined with cannonball but is it ice or is it fire like it, it looks like it's, it's drawn of, in both i think it's different it things looks like fire oh oh that's nice he dabbed it, oh, it's he was armor <laughs> he, he did yeah he was dabbing in that that, that group oh, shot oh he's yeah. such a douchebag it's great yeah because here <laughs> he's fire and then later on he's, he's ice. ice yeah yeah well he made his own suit yeah, yeah. he's a genius kind of, so yeah he's pretty smart um yeah, I, I mean, and, and well, we didn't, we haven't talked about Smash yet. Oh, I like Smash. Wait, oh yeah, it's Crush. Oh, it's Crush. Sorry, sorry. Smash <laughs> is very different. She's a verb. It's That's, cool. Yeah. yeah it's, but angry um, verb is her name. It's uh, cool. I, I want to know how she how she gets on the team. You know, no, I, no. and uh, 
or or did they reveal it? No, no. no this is her first. Uh, this is her first appearance in uh, I think number twenty. Yeah, in right? number twenty. Yeah, but I just want to know like what what's her story. Yeah. All I know is that if I were a teenager, I would have the biggest crush on her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah I'm super high. into crush. Yeah, crush it's is cool. Smash. Do you have a crush on her? I do now. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to smash Roundhouse. her crush? <laughs> you want to She's smash underage. her crush? Be a giant. Roundhouse. Roundhouse has a, a crush on her. He yeah, likes. he does. Actually, I don't know how old are these people. I guess they're teens. So yeah. Well, everyone but Damien. Damien's the little guy, as usual. Yeah, Damien's baby. like thirteen, right? They mm-hmm. aged him up no, a year finally. Damien's Oh, I think Damien's like 11. No, 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 no. They nope. aged him up. He's like 12, oh. 13. Hap- he's, he's a teen, technically. It happened in the, what was it? Was it Jeff Johns' Batman? I'm sorry. Yeah, Jeff Johns? No. Um, there was a, I remember in, oh, it was DC Universe Rebirth. Yeah, there was yeah. literally a scene where Damien blows out a candle on a birthday cake, and he's finally a teenager, and that's why he's allowed to be on the Teen Titans. So he's oh, literally, okay. he just turned 13. Okay. Yeah. Um. So Jin is a little bit younger than her, I guess. Yeah. Him. Yeah, I guess she's. She's twelve. She's got to be thirteen too. Well, they but call her. They call 13, her like a thousand-year-old teenager. Yeah. yeah. I think they're like. I would say the age ranges from thirteen to seventeen. Yeah. Because yeah. um, Red Arrow is probably like late teens. Also, this variant cover is gorgeous. Yeah. Who is this? I don't know, but it looks like um, it's digital art. It's a digital painting, but it looks almost like CG. Visually, yeah. uh, one one of my awesome. oh, I don't want to change. Uh, sorry, uh, no, but no, no. I was looking at the artwork and I love it when she goes into uh, Gizmo's brain and it's a hedge maze and they literally show her wandering around the hedge maze mm-hmm. while in the middle of the maze is the actual like reality where Robin and Red Arrow are mm-hmm. are like trying to talk talk her through it as well. And I just think that that's that was a really good visual. Um, just a, a juxtaposition between the mindscape and the the, re, the real world. Yeah, I like that. They yeah, mush them all together. The variant yeah. cover is by Alex Garner, and it's fucking gorgeous. See it. It's a fun all book. Right. We're all on board for the new Teen Titans. That's awesome. Oh uh, uh, yeah. It's nice to be back because uh, it's a it's a team that I have a really soft spot for, man. I really like the Teen Titans, and I have for a long time, ever since the yeah. George Perez Marv Wolfman stuff, and they've never. It's rare that they are able to like recapture that mm-hmm. uh, lightning. It's like once every five to ten years that it becomes exciting yeah. again. Yeah, yeah I, I hope it maintains because yeah, you're right. I, I do think that this is a, a nice um, mix of there's of teams. I, and, you know, and it's not like oh we've de-aged Raven again and we've mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. de-aged Starfire again. They brought in a couple of new characters, a couple of. Uh, reimaginings of characters or legacy new legacy characters and like even a couple of new characters and i i think that 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 really it it's the right combination there it this feels like a, a team that could be a classic in the future yeah. future classic i agree run. so all right kings of fear number one batman kings of fear number one by scott peterson and kelly jones speaking of classics oh, this was a comic <laughs> it exists <laughs> Oh dear God! Does anybody have something nice to say about this book? Um, I I am very impressed with the way that Batman contorts his body in the last panel of the page or the last panel of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, Kelly I, Jones does that, yeah. I like it. I like the staples in this book. Oh, what is happening? Oh my God! What, what is, is happening? happening with his body? I didn't even notice that that was supposed to be his leg. I looked at it about seventeen times. He's got two knees. And it, then it's like, twisting it's like to the two right. knees and is, is that is that intentional? Oh Jesus Christ. Oh, so 
not only okay, I have, I have another costuming. What thing the hell up. is going on? Oh yeah. Well, he is he is trapped in like the fear verse. I guess he's also he's got that... a pole. It looks like he's got a. a he, he lost his underwear, his belt. He lost a ball. He has no bulge. He it's lost just... his. He lost his bloomers and his belt, and then got three extra joints in his knees. Yeah. Jesus, this is rough. Um, although this picture of the scarecrow is pretty dope. There's there's like so many really good like splash pages and stuff. It's yeah. just there's this weird stitched together story that's happening around it. It feels I'm it just... really feels like it's done in the Marvel style where Kelly Jones did all this and who wrote it? Kelly Jones write it too? No, no. Kelly Jones drew it and uh, Scott Peterson wrote it. Um it feels like it was it feels like it was all art and then they had to this it? reminded me of like of one of those off arcs. Do you guys remember Shadow of the Bat? Yeah. yeah. This oh, reminds yeah. me of like a quick off arc of Shadow of the Bat where it was just like all in Arkham and just wonky and weird. Uh, Didn't completely make sense, but it was just like, hey, how can we showcase this one thing? And then this one thing. And then this one thing. And we'll just put it all together. Like it was just. So for the sake of, you know letting the people know what's this book about basically anyone uh so the joker is caught by the batman and the batman takes the joker to the arkham Mm -hmm. and within five seconds of him dropping off the joker literally his entire rogues gallery escapes (laughs) over the course of four panels or four pages he subdues them all at once and we're talking go back to that other slide uh, we're talking Killer Croc, Riddler, Joker, Mr. Freeze, Bane, Two-Face, um, Poison Ivy, Penguin. All at once. Uh, uh, Takes uh, them all, right. all out by turning off the lights. Then um, he subdues all of them, puts them back in their cages, and like ah, fights with the, the, the doctor again. This is all spoilers, by the way. And then, <laughs> is it the, though? <laughs> and then at, like, during that argument where uh, Batman's making um, who farted faces – <laughs> the or the one orderly is just like oh my goodness scarecrow uh, i mean jonathan crane has escaped and then all of a sudden he attacks and then that's it yeah the scarecrow's out in the parking lot by the batmobile <laughs> and he catches batman oh, yeah, when did unawares. batman go outside right in full costume oh there he is oh, he's going he's outside le- he leaps look at him leaping out the front door so <laughs> Batman so, does not walk. I love this. Batman leaves. He's literally so I guess the directions are Batman has to leave Arkham Asylum. So as it's, fast as possible. The first panel is Batman leaping, you know, four stairs at a time on his way down the steps. Not safe. And then the next panel is like him his cape billowing out behind him and quite a nice drawing actually I'll say. And yeah, then nice. he's running towards the front door and then the next panel is him leaping arms akimbo um, he's like twice the size of the batmobile too he went, no he went he went full lateral across the yeah across the batmobile only to define to find that oh i guess the scarecrow is right here this whole time Boo. and uh he Whoa. hits him with the gas and um it's, fu- fuck it's a God new gas that gives him extra knees yeah that was who farted um, he is making who farted faces though when scare, she's talking to him go, go, i don't know what page yeah. no, it's on it. i saw it it's true. Yeah, i see it yeah um, it. It's amazing. Also, my, the problem I have with this, oh, I'm sorry, one of the many problems I had with this, is uh, in Arkham Asylum, all of the villains are allowed to wear their entire villainous getup. Including Mr. Freeze's freeze suit. Yeah. Which is loaded, with, loaded to bear with freeze Didn't you freeze see guns. the movie? He needs it to survive. <laughs> Jesus <Yeah>. Christ. <laughs> 
Uh, well, and also Penguin should not be in Arkham. I don't give a shit. He is. He is just. Not he's in not that crazy. league. He's a misunderstood philanthropist. Yeah. He, no, <laughs> he he's belong. a criminal. He deserves. He needs to be in Blackgate. He is a gangster. He's not as. Yeah, he might be man, megalomaniacal. Me- megalomaniacal. Megalo megalomaniacal, but he's not the level of like no. you know craziness crazy. that all the rest of them are. Actually, Mister Freeze isn't either, but they just don't. They just put him in there because I guess he's. They're better equipped. He's a high risk. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, but the penguin is out of his league. That's like putting I don't know. Well, there like it's, it's tight a, man in there. It's easier to get in and out, so his uh, lawyers probably worked out and it's actually. Guys, real quick, you're talking about Mister Freeze. Was there not a Mister Freeze a little while ago that revealed that um, he his wife had died long ago, and he's been abducting women who look like his wife and freezing them so that he can obsess over them. I want to say there was. I think that might have been a Tom King or, or a, um, Scott, a Scott Snyder, Snyder thing. I think it might have been a Scott so Snyder. So he is a little crazy. Yeah. It's kind of All a right. good idea, actually. I like that. I'll give that to him. But the Penguin still, no. Yeah, the Penguin's just very theatrical. Yeah. He's not crazy. Yeah. He's got a penchant for birds, but yeah. any qu- he, he can go, <laughs> Other than that, he's not nuts. He's just a – he's a – he's a, he's the kingpin. It's like, go- would you put the kingpin in an insane asylum? No, I I don't want to completely rag on it. I feel like there are panels in this book that are fucking gorgeous. Yeah, uh, I just think other ones look very rushed. I like uh, I really like that one page where he's beating up all the Joker's goons, and it's just fist, elbow, knee. Oh, that punch, was awesome! It's like thirty teeth. panels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fantastic. That's 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 one of the best pages of the entire book. I think mm-hmm. that that was just really well done, and it's just it just lets the art. It, there's no dialogue. It's mm-hmm. just punch, punch, elbow, knee, kick. Smile, Joker, and yeah. punch. <laughs> and punch. Well, I don't want to talk about this book anymore. Uh, let's move uh, on. Um, let's see. Cold Spots. Cold Spots, number one, written by Cullen Bunn with art by Mark Torres. So just to keep things consistent, I uh, am releasing a book called Wet Spots. <laughs> <laughs> it's about ghosts that linger. In. Is Cullen Bunn the guy who is writing, who's writing the other book? Yeah, he wrote Bone Parish. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. Is this the last? No, we. It's not our last. Never mind. Uh, It's. uh, I like this book. Um, I don't dislike it. I um. You know what my problem with this book is that it's. It was all set up with, what I felt wasn't necessarily very effective atmosphere. Like it was. There's a lot of legwork through this book like it's a lot of exposition which i know the first issue has to be but the eventual hook at the end where um the man that looks like hank hill gets visited and then something nefarious happens and then it just ends i i don't know i guess i didn't really the protagonist is um fine uh the setup is fine i Maybe I just didn't have enough to hold on to. I, I don't know. Like, I, and I'm not a very big horror guy, in comics at least. Um, very few horror series really like keep me for the long haul over you know over a premise. So I I don't know. I what did you like about it? I um I think the first five pages are done really well. Um, uh, effectively. Oh yeah, it's paced. Creepy effectively paced and you're right i think it sets up the atmosphere really well um i like the look of the ghosts um 
I do feel like, and this is a, with a lot of Colin Bunn stuff, it's it's uh, stuff from movies that I've seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, this could easily be a Cal McDonald mystery. Um, you, you know Cal McDonald? I don't. I was going to let you keep going. Steve Niles uh, did a kind of like a hard knocks hero named Cal McDonald, who basically was a paranormal sort of detective. And Just he novels would, or comics? Both. He did both. Oh, nice. Um, but they were... Um, they, they, he published them all through Dark Horse, I believe, or maybe, I think it was Dark Horse. Yeah. Was this around the same um, time as Thirty Days of Night? Uh, it was like right after. It was like his second big hit, I think. Um, but uh, he, he, uh, and he was popping pills a lot, and he was very haunted by sins of the past, just like this character is. Um, I agree that the, the the main character is is very hollow. I, I don't know a lot about him. I don't know if I like him. I don't know if I dislike him. It's just that he really just kind of goes around and, and he's kind of morose the entire time. Well, the more, only he's the only character we get, like yeah, I mean, we, the only character we get is at the end. And I think that works if you have an acerbic kind of uh, detective sort of guy. But then it's. I, I don't know. So the, this is this is not unlike the conversation we had last week when it came to Pearl. Like yeah. there, it's um, you have so much space in this format to hook you into yeah. a person or a plot. Uh, oh. If you don't do either super successfully, then it just feels like it's more of a mediocre missed opportunity than an amazing setup and this person that I want to know more about with. His introduction, I forget his name already, um, the character. Do we even get his name? Mopey Gloomy Salat. Yeah. yeah, with Wolverine jacket. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he is immediate – in his opening scene, he's immediately set up um, to be antagonizing. Yeah. Now, when you do that with a character, you want to at least – especially if you want to like them for the long run, if they're going to be a, a sour stick in the mud or a shithead – Show the audience one little thing that kind of at least makes them redeemable. Don't just um, don't just assume that they're going to stick with them. This goes right? back. This goes also goes back to crowded last week when yeah. we were talking about Vita, so, who who basically she has that flashback, and we get to know her why she is as acerbic as she is. Yeah, exactly. And it was it was half a panel, but it did at least enough to because because especially with that one, that was like a two hander. You had one deplorable person and then one. Um, yeah. Shut off person. You, you uh-huh. got a peak of the shut off person, so you kind of kept with the premise. This is just the scene is set up for him to be antagonistic in front of a shithead. Yeah. And the only thing we get is his maybe his appeal to this woman Grace or the the the, the woman whose child is named Grace. Maybe. Yeah. Um, maybe it's his kid. I don't know. It's a lot of presupposition and nothing to really hold on to to make me want to give a shit where he goes next. Can I? Can I chime in? Please. Yeah. I dis- sorry. I, dis- I disappeared to go to the bathroom real quick, but I came back yeah. and uh, we have the book open. Here's my review. The book is open on the table right now. I can see a double page spread here. Um, I read it today. I read the book today. I'm looking at the book currently. I have no recollection of what this book's about. <laughs> That's my review. Ghosts. I think the I think Oh I think, right, right. He moves to he goes to a town and then there's a bunch of cold spots. That's right. Yep, I got it. The well, the the first five pages you're right, the first five pages are like the or it's only like yeah, it's five. Is uh the most effective part of the story and almost it feels like early walking dead. A little bit of 
um, Charlie Adler, like, with color. Yeah, it, it also feels like the first um, cool. five, the first three minutes before the title sequence of an X-Files episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the drawing of the kids playing in the yard is super spoopy. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, and I like the I like the idea, like the designs of the ghosts that like they're they're there, their bodies are there, um, but their faces are gone. Um, they're kind of smeared out with their with their eyes glowing. It, it's like, yeah, they're they're I don't know if it's their their souls are gone, but maybe it's just their spirits are there. I don't know if there's a difference between a spirit and a soul, but mm-hmm. tr- just for lack of a just better religion. word, that yeah, yeah like <laughs> they're. Their actual physical being is not there, and maybe, but they're. I, I just like that look. I think that there's. I wish more thought would have been put into the main character as much as thought that that goes into uh, the into the design of those ghosts because those ghosts are really memorable looking. I could see them. I could almost see that in a movie. I, I, I you're right, and, and you know what too. Like I, I feel bad just disparaging because making a comic is not easy. No, it's no. but so it's it. This is not an abject failure. It's just for me. I, I need more than a premise. Yeah, a, a a relatively familiar, if not hollow, premise. Especially if it's a familiar and hollow premise. I need a character that's going to make it different or a, or a palpable journey for me. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't have it with Motorcycle Jacket Man. I'm uh, yeah personally. One thing that I and I don't uh, the only reason I know this about Colin Bunn is because like it's it's kind of common knowledge that he lives out in the middle of nowhere, I guess. And he he just writes and writes and writes and he does a lot of that stuff. And and that's I mean, that's why he's all over the place, like every other just what Christopher Goodnight or was that Christopher Goodnight or was that uh, the other uh, listener? Justice League Jones. Justice League Jones. They commented on how it seems like there's one of there's a new Colin Bunn book every month. Uh, a new series every it's just one person talking to another person there's never uh and 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 even and all of those feel a lot like the same kind of back and forth it's like he's kind Mm -hmm. of an asshole to the other guy who's being kind of an asshole or trying to be secretive or take advantage of him it's like very solitary it's like a very solitary story where there's just this one and so I, I just wonder if that's saying something about him as a writer, that maybe he just has these solitary interactions with people and that's that's what he's basing his story on. Well, like in hindsight, in hindsight, uh, we're talking about the introduction of the protagonist, Motorcycle Jack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In hindsight, maybe not introducing it or maybe I would not have introduced him as like immediately antagonizing with somebody you're supposed to dislike more without giving yeah. him some sort of redeemable quality. You don't yeah. know anything about him other than he's a prick to this guy that's a prick. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So maybe and maybe a ghost isn't enough to keep me and reading about a prick isn't enough to keep me. So I I don't know if I'm going to read the second issue. Also something as simple as all right, the place things called cold spots, it's obviously about the paranormal sort of belief that like um when ghosts appear, it the temperature the temperature mm-hmm. uh, goes down. Um, he's wearing this quote unquote iconic coat. Why not utilize that and say, like, have him take off his coat. All of a sudden he gets cold. He puts on his coat because all of a sudden it gets cold. You know, just little things like that that can actually, instead of people saying, oh, it's cold in here now. Oh, it's, you know, it, it, they, yeah. that's hap- that happens like three or four times in yeah. this book. It's cold. Uh, yeah, they say it's unseasonably cold. 
Yeah. And by, yeah. by iconic jacket, do you mean Wolverine's jacket from Wolverine yeah, Origins? Yeah, I did mention yeah, we, we <laughs> Oh, said did you that say that already? already? Yeah, sure. yeah. Um, but yeah, it, we were. I also mentioned Cal McDonald. How Cal? Cal? Did you, were you there when I said no, Cal McDonald? Oh, I love Cal. But doesn't this remind you a little bit of Cal without the personality, basically? Yeah, a little bit. You know, if he were if he were popping pills and maybe talking to his like little ghoul, uh, yeah. his ghoul assistant, I think that that would be um, that that it, this could have easily be a Cal McDonald story. Yeah, a Cal um, McDonald mystery. Yes. Yeah, I don't. I'm sorry, I don't care about this book. No offense. It's just maybe and I'm in, I'm entirely um, cognizant of the fact that maybe it's just it'll be better in trade. Maybe I need it to sit be. and read the whole thing in one go because it's you know I don't know. But today, uh, I w- maybe I was just in a superhero mood. Even yeah, you know what well, I mean. I, I I often find that I, I like reading some trades of Colin Bonds. I I mean I'm I'm a fan of his work. I think he does a, a good job with stuff. But I also feel that like he often has a bunch of really good ideas, but. He, in the protagonist sort of category, that's when it kind of that's where it kind of falls apart. It's okay. it's I think the I think the, these ghost idea things are really cool. I think he had a maybe a really cool visual of uh, an idea of a ghost story. And then it feels like the lead character is just kind of like an afterthought almost. Hmm. I can't disagree with you. Yeah, I yeah, I think I've said. So, The Punisher number one you by Matt Rosenberg. Dolph Lundgren number one. Oh. And that is. Simon, totally Simon mm. Kudransky. Simon Kudransky. Uh, I didn't. I, I forgot to read this book. Go to the cover. Dolph Lundgren. No, yeah, it's 100%. Totally Dolph. Yeah. So, which I just saw on Netflix. On Net, Netflix has Kindergarten Cop 2 right now. So You're, you're welcome, let, America. Let people know. <laughs> Got uh, some Dolphs all right, so, in there. Um, uh, JD forgot to read this, but I read it. Um, I read I, it. I would like to go. Um, so, like every, it seems like every five years, they change the tone of the Punisher book, and then it switches back. So, like for about five years, you'll have two or three writers or one long run of ground level taking out the mob Punisher, and then. To switch things up, it's like, now he's going to take on the Marvel Universe and all the wackiness. Yeah. So this is a pivot into the wackiness. This is, this is, this is him in the Marvel Universe, a la yes. Fractions run after Civil War. Like, they're making him a part of the... He, they're swerving him into the weirdness. Well, did you read the last series that Rosenberg did? Uh, no, I saw, I saw the... Um, what is it? The, the Iron Man or the... Yeah, Punisher War Machine. It's Pun- Punisher oh, War Machine. Um, uh, but and I I like that one. I think it did. A, it a, a, but yeah, I, I don't. Th- I didn't. I think it actually is uh, so far with this one. And I have I have a, a couple of issues with this this particular issue. But I uh, I think that they're doing it. They're taking they're taking the Marvel Universe seriously. Unlike how uh, Garth Ennis kind of had. Punisher run Wolverine over with a steamroller. Um, it, it's, it's not. It's not that level of goofiness. It's not like he's taking on the Rhino. He's taking on Hydra, and he's taking yeah. on real threats. And so it's. It's not like you know. He's. He's. He's not making. It, this isn't a comment on how goofy the Marvel universe is, and you throw this like straight character in there, like uh, the Punisher. Um, well, a, you're right. A little bit of a little bit of it is. There's winking that 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 Frank Castle does. 
He's, like when? when he picks up he picks up this giant like rocket thing that melts people and he smirks there like there yeah. is a self there's a self-awareness here that is that i actually really like yeah but but you're right he he doesn't change uh rosenberg doesn't change the character but he does put the character in the in the thick of some pretty stupid shit but in a good well, way it, like it, yeah, the mandarin a... holding people above a shark tank that's fucking yeah. dumb but it's awesome uh, it's, dumb. it's dumb but fun yeah, uh, yeah. but I, I did like i that the big action sequence when he's when he goes and he foils this this um you know, it's a shady, shady. Yeah, like the morph. dock payoff. Yeah, you're yeah. on the docks, and you know, there's this shady shipment coming in, and of mm-hmm. course, the Punisher is there to, to thwart it. Uh, and this big chase scene that happens afterward. I I love this giant awesome. explosion thing, and then uh, the guy is standing there. He comes up in a motorcycle, takes off his helmet, and looks at him, and in the back of the hel- in the reflection of the helmet, you see just a shadowy figure with a skull, uh, skull shirt just blowing this guy away with a, with a shot, with a mm-hmm. gun. I thought that was really good. Um, and, and I, I, I kind of like the, uh, um, the shark tank. Yes. Over the top. <laughs> uh, but I did like the assassination though. Oh yeah. That was wild. Uh, and I thought yeah. that was really well done where he tries to, he tries to stop it with his powers, but the, the bullet is, I don't know, rocket powered bullet. And it, it well, breaks. didn't he say like it's magic? Yeah, it was spinning. It was just there spinning in front of him, and and he couldn't stop it. Oh, so, I also like the elevator scene, um, where he's on the first floor and there's a dead body, or and and then he, the doors open. He kills two more people, and he's he keeps on stealing their guns, mm-hmm. and he, his this he just amasses this giant pile of weaponry in front of him as he's going up the the elevator, just killing every guard on his did way. Did you up. notice? Did you notice that every time there's violence in the panel, it's outlined? Uh, outlined. Oh, in red. Oh, nice. I yeah, like that. it's it's a yeah. it was a pretty slick tell. The, right, there's cool. there's a lot about this to like, and mm-hmm. I, I guess I, I maybe I sounded negative before, <clears throat> but this was fun. This was fun. Like um, Zemo is cool as hell, like yeah. he always is. But like a bureaucrat Zemo, even cooler. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's more like the Marvel Universe, Frank, uh, cinematic universe. Yeah. Zemo. Frank um, has no dialogue save for one line that he says off panel. Mm-hmm. So he's hardly in this book, but he's everywhere in this book, which is fucking oh, yeah. great. However, I don't know how long you can pull that off. He's Leon in The Professional. Yeah, he's 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 just yeah, a ridiculous you know, badass. Yeah, just ne- never stopping, just constantly moving forward closer and closer to Zemo and, and Mandarin, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, my, my main problem with this book is with the artwork. Pretty inconsistent. Yeah, and I think well, number one, um, this guy needs to this this artist needs to practice his women and practice them over and over and over again because anytime there's not a guy um, in the panel, anytime that there's a woman in the panel, um, it is it's really really roughly drawn. Look at that Black Widow um, scene at at the the end. end. Horrible. I mean, it, it was it's, so small. I didn't even notice. Let me see. I, I did, know, I did notice that uh, Frank noticed has an Apple Watch. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I the only reason uh, I, I the only reason I know I didn't even know it was it was Natasha because like the lady looks so goofy in the bathtub, but she has her widow things right there on the edge of the bathtub. Yeah. Which I don't who's, think is a safe place to put them. Who's the top left panel supposed to be? So we got so so essentially spoilers. Essentially, the end of the 
the end of the book is they all know that it was Frank that that assassinated um, the Mandarin at the UN, yeah. and everyone is reacting to this news feed of you know breaking news of this you know a f- notorious killer Frank Castle is blah blah blah. But it was You've it got... Frank? Yeah. Did they oh, show well. it? That was him. They just showed a. They just showed. The last thing t- thing you see Frank as, and he he steals this shipment of people, and he blows up that facility. You know, or he oh, steals you know that what? shipment and he blows up the facility. Then he's at this news conference where basically the Mandarin says to Tony Stark, "Hey, you're gonna," he goes, "You're gonna," uh, and and Tony Stark says, "I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out what you're doing. And I'm gonna you know I'm gonna stomp all over you." And he's and the Mandarin is like, "You're about to witness something just beautiful," and it's basically. I don't know, Kim Jong-il speaking at the um, United Nations and then him dying as a martyr, basically, in front of everyone. Um, so you you are right that we don't actually see Frank pull the trailer, trigger. We just see hands load a, load a rifle and set yeah. up airs. Um, if, and, but then we see um, Zima. So the only one that has, like, wherewithal to get rid of Mandarin is potentially his partner who thinks he's a loose cannon, which is Zemo. But we see Zemo react to the news also. And yeah. you don't show a viewer that as a fake out. You just, well, we don't, show we, it. this is yet. We don't know. We don't know if, well, I, I guess, I don't know. And I think this goes back to the artwork. I, I think, I really think that in some scenes with, with Frank, he draws an awesome looking Frank castle. True. He draws a decent looking Zemo. Um, but when, and, but I think it's really evident when it's got the Hydra agents, there are the Hydra agents and this other guy standing on the docks and the Hydra agents are all these like roided up, pumped up guys. And then there's this guy next to him. That's like kind of more photo ref and he's, uh, he's just like in a regular suit. This is like at the very beginning when they're on the docks, Mm -hmm. you know, and Hydra shows up. It's just, it it just feels it, it. these two people are not in the same like, there's universe. A, there's or... an inconsistency. Some of it's beautiful. Some of it's weird. I think Frank Frank's like his face changes a couple times. A little bit, yeah. Um, I do really love the – at first I did – so like there's a splash page in the middle of the book of him full on two Uzis going to town. Yeah. Which doesn't look like the same man that is in the elevator. No, it doesn't. But no. I do love um, – the shot of him reaching for the helicopter like that's yeah that's just an yeah. awesome page like yeah, showing I, the I, motion from left to right of him like making it off the 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 ledge it, there's like some really good shit in here but yeah some yeah. of it's a little confusing I, I just think that he needs to work on his body types and he needs to work on his women and just consistency of faces i think which i mean that sounds like a lot but i don't think i think this guy the this artist who is, is it, there's some like weird um uh Zyman Kudransky I just, I think he's he's he could be some like the next big thing it's just that I think that there's just some technical stuff that I think he needs to Do you to remember do. when do you remember when Tony Harris um Tony Harris started doing Ex Machina and it didn't look anything like uh Starman Starman yeah some of these pages some of these photo references almost feel like uh early ex machina tony harris like yeah, so like there's there's a the during the like assassination shot yeah Cully. during the during the assassination shot the the mm-hmm. middle panel of tony stark trying to stop him there's a guy holding his holding his mouth in the front i'm like that's yeah. that's directly out of like tony harris 
or this one I'm back at the docks here again and it's the bald guy with the glasses shooting on one side and the Hydra agent shooting on the other side I like that too that's a very Tony Harris Cully Hamner like shot there as well yeah there, you know you're right like there's there's like good pieces in here maybe he just needs to he, I don't know I don't I don't know the man uh, maybe yeah. he just needs to tighten up or or a little of just some more I mean he just needs some more experience I there think. is who knows who knows what this guy has done before I think, I we're think both that, on the same page though like there's more good in here than bad oh definitely this is a yeah. really fun book I think that I, I think that Rosenberg keeps the action moving like in a straight line the entire time, which is great. I, I I love it that he keeps on introducing characters as it goes along, but it's like the Punisher is is just making a beeline like a shark right towards which makes me, Zemo and the Mandarin. Which makes me think again, like I don't know how long you can keep this type of story up. Like it's it's a frenetic pace, and your main character is more of just a presence and not a character. So, at what point does that break? Is it this whole arc? Is this this whole like thing of like limiting Frank? I, I don't know. I'm sorry, like, that's my entire problem with the Punisher's main series from from Jump Street is he's a presence, not a character. The show did it really well. Yeah, yeah, but the comic book is just more often than not, he's just a guy who shows up and murders, and he writes in a journal about it. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, yeah. Well, dear had, journal. Hadn't we talked about this before? Like my favorite dear. Punisher is when he showed up in uh, Brew Baker's Daredevil run. Yeah, that yeah. was like my favorite instance of the Punisher. I liked Welcome what Back, I... Frank. I thought that was bonkers enough to work. Um, you know Did what I wanted to bring up? Need... Oh, sorry. What I wanted to bring up was who was it that um, it was maybe less than ten years ago? It was a Punisher series. I think it was after the Jason Aaron run. Uh, maybe it was Greg Rucka. Yeah, it was Rucka. He it's did. not in print. It's not that whole series that he did that ends up. Remember, it was like it was lady, he, he it had like he had a, Punisher. He had acolytes in a weird way. Yeah, he had like yeah. um um he was mentoring this other woman mm-hmm. who lost her family on her wedding day. Who ended, yeah. she ended up being kind of a character in the show, right? Wasn't isn't she like? Oh, I don't think so. I think the FBI agent is kind of based. Oh, is that on supposed her. to be her? I think so. Where she starts to kind of sympathize with the idea of maybe not as far as actually becoming a mentor or like a mentee. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But well, my, she literally became a Punisher. My favorite Punisher is well, by far it's the very first the the Mike well the Mike Barron Punisher stuff was amazing. But I I really loved uh, I loved the secret. It's not Secret Defenders, but it's something like that where where it's like it was it was Daredevil and it was a couple other heroes at the time. And the Punisher was basically manipulating them to uh-huh. do his dirty work. I think it was written by Chuck Dixon, uh, but he was based. They were basically he. It was more like Punisher was Batman, and he knew that they would never do what he said. So he would leave clues, and he would like guide them in the direction of different things to take care of it that were sort of bigger than something he could take care That's of. That's pretty interesting. I like that. Yeah, I just thought it was a really smart take on the character. It just showed that. The the Punisher is is a lot like Captain America, uh, although he went on a very dark slide. You know, it's it's like he's very smart. He's like a perfect physical specimen. He's got the military knowledge. It's just that he's he's just just much darker and overcome by overtaken by vengeance and, and retribution. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I like that the idea that the Punisher is just as smart and powerful, maybe not technically as smart as, as Captain America or, or Tony Stark, but he's right up there in that league. Like he could, if he were a little lighter, if he didn't kill, 
he could yeah. very much be an Avenger. Yeah. He's you know? a planner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Strategist, strategist, or whatever. So that's it for this week's books. However, uh, the comic books were delivered to my shop today. Sneak preview. So, yeah. So, Noel and I got to sit down and read Hunt for Wolverine Dead Ends, number one. uh, (laughs) Written by Charles Soule with art by Ramon Rosanas. And, uh, Bug, let me ask you have you been reading, have you been keeping up with uh, Hunt for Wolverine four issue miniseries? Of no. which there were four. Me neither. <laughs> there were four. So, but obviously, since there were four series, some of them probably went into some dead ends. They sure did. They all did. <laughs> so, what happened here, dear listener, is there was um, the return of Wolverine, or was it the Hunt of Wolverine number one? And it was a it was a one shot, and uh, we all thought that that was pretty good. And then that led into the four. Four issue mini. Were they four or five? Four. Four issue mini series. Four four. Uh, there was like mystery in Madripoor. There was the cause of the killer. Yeah, adamantium agenda, and one other one. Parts McGillicuddy. Yeah, and uh, those when they ended, all they did was lead directly into Hunt for Wolverine Dead Ends number one. So those didn't even come to their conclusion. They all they all dovetailed into this book, which is another one shot, I believe. Mm-hmm. And holy fuck, how are they dragging this out so long? (laughs) And this isn't the end of it either. Is this a 12-issue series? (laughs) No, Uh, I think it's a one-shot. This is a one-er. The next one, it says it leads directly into The Return of Wolverine number one. Which, okay, so our last conversation, we were like, what is it going to be? I actually found out. It's Return of Wolverine is a five-issue series. The first and fifth issue is drawn by... McNiven. Steve McNiven. And two through four is... Declan Shelby. Yeah. yeah. Which I'm actually That's... more excited about than Steve McNiven. These days. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Although, uh, you know, they had released what his outfit is going to look like uh, online, and he looks like a chef. <laughs> He's got a chef's <laughs> He's jacket He's a dark on. murder chef. <laughs> um, the Punisher? Or I'm no, sorry. Wolverine. I'm sorry. Wolverine? Yeah. Yeah, dark murder I'm gonna chef. To, I'm going to have to look that yeah, up. Yeah, Google that outfit. Um, Let's see. What is it? New Punisher, maybe? Or new Wolverine? Why do I keep saying Punisher? So, I didn't hate this issue. I didn't hate it, but I didn't care about it either. Only because I did. Okay, so a couple things. I didn't read the four miniseries. Nope. So, this was a nice little recap. Oh, it did a good job. It literally is a recap. It did the good job of letting you know you didn't need to read those. Yes. Because it told you everything here. Yes. Thank you very much, comic book. Um, I love, I'm a sucker for characters that don't often interact yes. doing it in a fun way. And this was fun. Yeah. Like, um, Kitty Pride, Tony Stark and, and Matt Murdock in the same room was, mm-hmm. was a funny scene. Yeah. Um, three, Tony Stark's motorcycle. I'm like, why the fuck is he driving a motorcycle? And then all of a sudden the motorcycle is a suit. I'm yep. like, okay, badass. I'm Makes down. sense. Um, uh, and then, you know, it's a book. We don't really want to spoil it. But uh, sure, spoil it. I don't know if there's anything to spoil, really. There is. You don't learn. You learn the name, I, unless unless they revealed it us elsewhere. You learned the name of this mysterious villain that actually does have Wolverine. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, that's actually the only real the new thing you learn. And she's got a cool outfit. She does have a cool outfit, and um, that she has the ability to. Um, eh, maybe that's too much of a spoiler. What? She knows where everyone is. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. She knows what's going on. Yeah. Um, 
So my my favorite part any of things you're saying. I'm forwarding this. Is this the costume you're talking about? It's got all black. Uh, while we look for that, I do want to say that my favorite part of this issue is uh, Kitty Pride is about to show them some slides. <laughs> That's how interesting this book is. They're slides. No slideshow. PowerPoint minute. presentation. And uh, Daredevil goes, "I'm all ears." <laughs> it's funny and kind. He doesn't have ears though. In, in the oh, drawing. is this the? Where is... I'm trying to find the thing you sent us. No, this is 2014 from Marvel Now. Is no, that's it? not it. That's not it. That's not Can't it. find stupid. the cook one. So, Just look Hunt for Wolf or to Return of Wolverine issue two. How do you feel about this whole rigmarole, Noel? Um. I think it, it in one hand it's classic comic booking where they just like perpetual second act forever. Um so you can't be mad at it. Uh, on the oh. other hand it's it's spinning wheels and it's kind of boring at this point. Just just get to this like they've done so much legwork and groundwork on on if if the point of this is to set up the backstory of a new villain it, it was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a lot. He does look like a sous chef. There he is. It's it's like uh, Anthony Bourdain meets Wolverine. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd read that book. <laughs> <laughs> I'd read that book. <laughs> that would be kind of cool. Uh, but Shelby draws the shit out of it, though. Um. So yeah, I wish we had something more exciting, dear listener, to share um, with you for what next do you week. Think, what do you think the hot claws are all about? Uh, who cares, man? You I don't, don't like don't the hot claws. hot claws. What? He's got hot claws. He's got hot claws. They glow red because they're oh. real hot. Yeah, he's like if if it wasn't enough that he can cut through absolutely anything, he can it, now it, make them hot. He can also cut through butter. <laughs> yes, or or cook meats as he stabs them. Strangely enough, though, strangely enough, he can't cut through. I can't believe it's not butter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, yeah, her costume's neat. I guess she's got. There like, are a all these variant thing. covers of Wolverine of this uh, Return of Wolverine thing. Have you seen them? There's no. like a million of them, God but it's like it. every it's every version. Oh, of Wolverine that's it's ever the been. same drawing of Wolverine bursting out of the ground, but yeah. in his so, different. So could McGivin not have drawn issues two, three, and four because he was doing Being, four thousand variant covers of issue one? Entirely possible. Probably why. Yes. It's the same thing they did with um, Tony Stark Iron Man, where all of the Iron Man suits were different eras of Iron Man suit. It was yeah. a bunch of variants like that too. I mean, this uh, is kind of cute. I don't mind Chris, this sort of variant because Chris you can. Saint Saucy, good night. Did you buy all those variants? Oh my god, did you buy all those variants? Are you going to buy <laughs> all of buy these all the Iron Man variants, sir? <laughs> and if so, which is your favorite? Yeah. And are they all the I, same artist? Oh my god, I there's so many like, questions. Mm-hmm. Write in. I like the uh, Age of Apocalypse variant. That's pretty cool. Also, the uh, Fang variant was pretty awesome. I as like the well Madripoor as... one with the white tuxedo. That's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one too. But I'll, I also like oh, the Weapon Patch. X. I always like the Weapon X costume. That's pretty awesome because yeah. he's naked. Yeah, his, his name was Patch back when he was. He's got he had the the, soul, the eye patch. The eye patch. Yeah. Yeah. I actually always really liked the uh, the black and red X Force outfits. I thought they were cool as shit. Yeah, me too. Yeah, Deadpool's was cool too. Yeah, it was all grays and stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Spoiler Alerts. I've been your host Johnny Destructo. You can reach Noel at. Oh, at Mr. Bartocci on the Twits. Yep. You can reach me at at JD's Hero Complex on Twitter. You can uh, help the show out and help me out by uh, going to my Patreon. It's Patreon backslash. I keep doing that. Just slash Johnny Destructo. 
Yeah. Oh, also rate review the show on iTunes. That would help us out. Get us share the show with list other friends to get them to listen stuff like that. Um, the usual fucking bullshit that you know about podcasts. And then Mark, uh, you can find me at Mark underscore L underscore Miller on the Twitters. I'm at ML Miller writes on my own website there. And, uh, that's where I have some reviews of movies. And I also put this podcast there as well. And, uh, grave transfers is out now. I'm talking with, uh, my good buddy Matt Pozzolo about when the trade is coming out for all of that. It'll have a brand new cover to it and everything. Nice. So that's kind of nice. cool. And then, uh, I think that's about it. I have right a on. Patreon and I'm yeah. going to eat some, and, uh, that's it. Uh, ML Miller at Patreon. And, uh, I am going to go eat some birthday cake now. Happy, yeah, birthday happy birthday to Mark underscore L underscore Miller. Happy birthday yeah. to you. Happy birthday! Yeah, it's it's the longest birthday song ever. And we'll talk to you later. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles. Recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Alright, here we go. What was the most variance that you forked money over for? You guys. Oh, us. Uh, Wait, a cost or how many... Like, like it, you know, it has like I don't know, twelve covers. Would you buy all twelve covers, or like I would usually cut it off at like two. I would sometimes buy like if there were two different covers. This was back in my collecting heyday, but like now it's like I barely buy any. But uh, um, for the for the most part, I have sworn off variant covers. What I'll do is I'll buy an alternative cover, but uh, variant covers I've kind of sworn off, except. For J. Scott Campbell mm-hmm. variants, he he seems mm. to be the only dude that makes me occasionally pick up a variant cover. So it depends on the artist. Yeah, yeah I guess so. Okay. I I think the last time I bought a plethora of variants, it was X Men number one back in the nineties by Jim Lee. Hmm. It had all those different covers. Yeah, I remember that. I think I have a bunch of those too. Yeah. I think the only so uh, for me, it's never been more than two, mm-hmm. uh, for no real reason other than. I you know immediate immediate buyer's remorse, but I have gone yeah. variant hunting in the past, most explicitly for um, I think it was issue like nineteen to twenty four of Whedon's Astonishing X Men. Mm. Do you remember yeah. those? They were uh, like they were all uh, one color, and it was one member of the team. Mm. And I actually did frame all those. And oh, nice. Same with um, I think it was I don't remember the artist, but it was like a, a run. It was during Fraction's run of Invincible Iron Man. They did after he was disassembled and then redone. There was a bunch of like really, really great, almost like Art Deco prime colored looking variants. Hmm. I can't did the them. same thing for those. I, I'll, I'll pull up and I'll show you. Okay. I have a really, another question related to that. It, uh, this is just me. I, I wonder if it's you guys too. Like, so say you're going to your comic store, JD, say you, uh, you're, you don't own a store and you just kind of go in and you, they sold out of a book that you were supposed to, you really wanted, but then they got the second printing 
do you buy the second printing or do you search around for uh, the first first printing? You goddamn right I buy the second printing. I do See, not give a shit about that first printing. I do. I care about that. So I'll wait. I'll buy number two and I'll just sit it on my nightstand and then I'll wait until like I can find the, the first one. First Drives edition. me nuts. I got people who come into my shop and they're like, oh, do you have a, 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 a fucking Immortal Hulk number one? And I go, oh, yeah, it's right here. Yeah. Here's a copy. Oh, do you have a number? Do you have a first printing? I'm like, no, nope, sorry. <laughs> it's it's all gone. Yeah. That's why I have – that's literally why I have the second printing. I know. <laughs> but for some oh, reason, just second printings – in comics, mm-hmm. I, that's still a leftover from my collecting days as well. Yeah, I think that's so, just yeah. something you need to let go of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's there's because there's no real reason for it other than the secret hope inside of you that one day that first printing will be worth some money. It'll be, yeah. And I'll be able to send my kids to college. I'm gonna polybag that one. <laughs>